2: We observe today not a victory of party, but a
1: celebration of freedom.
3: Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.
2: The human zoo, where they don't hide away the sick animals.
3: Dangerous mid-morning debate with the Great Dictator.
2: The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Stand to attend you when I talking to you. On Talk Radio. This mess. <laughs> Good morning welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. If you thought things were bad yesterday, just wait till you try and get away on holiday today. Train travellers now have reached such a crisis point that one union is calling for a national state of emergency to be declared by the government to cope with the escalating rage of passengers on the network. If you're getting a new car, there are hundreds of roadworks up and down the country to stymie your progress at any more than 20 miles an hour. And of course the planes are still grounded all over the place too. Gatwick apparently says everything's fine after a British Airways plane had to happen sort of emergency landing last night. Lots of people were delayed, lots of people were put into other airports and of course Heathrow has still got loads of problems. 0344 499 1000. Welcome to the first day of the summer holidays. Today, I'm joined by the former Queen of Fleet Street, Dawn Neeson, the longest serving female editor of a national newspaper ever. And she's going to be telling me about Frisky Friday and what's likely to happen today. We'll be finding out as well why Cadbury's is changing the recipe for dairy milk after 100 years to take out all the sugar. And since it's Friday, we'll have another sparkling edition of the Perio. Uh, awards, uh, and i to my brilliance in broadcasting uh, all this week. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, and Don Neeson on Talk Radio, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham
0: on Talk Radio.
1: Well, it's it's it is Frisky Friday, though. Evidently. It is Frisky Friday. We are all going off on holiday now, evidently, especially for a politician, obviously. Um, and it's the day you're meant to have that final fling in the office before yeah. you disappear with your family,
2: right? That's Which, not a very good uh, recommendation, not, though, is it's it? It's
1: not, no, it's not. And then and then, basically um, dating sites go up at this time of year as well because you're all trying to sort of like, you know, have this it flings before you go and bore yeah. off with your family. It's all very sad, It's really. all very sad
2: and slightly distasteful. And I blame one woman for this and one woman alone. She is Louise van der Velde, an international sex and relationships expert. Luckily, uh, we've got her on the phone. Louise, a very good uh, afternoon to you. Welcome.
3: Hello, there, how are you doing? I I'm very well. Not being blamed for these kind no, listen, of things. Now, so listen, I'm not going
2: to. I know that you're probably not entirely to blame for it, but you can start off by telling us if you've had already, because we're already halfway through the day uh, on Frisky <laughs> Friday. There's some kind of a fling. <laughs>
3: It's frisky Friday. At least give me till the afternoon. You oh, know. Okay, all right. Well, afternoon fine. Afternoon, Fair enough.
2: Some people in the office were wondering if it begins at midnight. I, you know, if you'd gone out last night on Thursday and managed to cop off with somebody sort of after midnight, whether that would be uh, technically uh, frisky Friday.
3: Well, look, every day's Frisky Friday for me. You know, I don't need a, a, a day of the week. Um, but I would encourage uh, your listeners to just have a little think about, I mean, really, it's about the principles behind the whole thing, isn't it? Well. That, um, you know, monogamy and relationships, uh, they're not designed to be that way. You're not designed to be with one partner for the rest of your life. And I think the sooner we all wake up to this, the happier everyone will be.
2: Well, you may not be meant to be with one partner the rest of your life, but while you're with that particular partner, you maybe should probably not try and look for somebody else at the same time. Says who? Well, I say that, but (laughs) I mean, you know, not many people are listening to me.
3: (laughs) You know, with uh, the divorce rate, you know, an all-time high, and uh, more affairs happening, particularly on this day, than uh, people having more flings, I think the uh, extramarital dating websites go up by like 70%. 70%, it it says says here, yeah. Um, Yeah, so I mean, you know, at the end of the day, life is for living, it's for embracing a bit of fun and passion, and I think we're all a little bit stuffy around uh, the idea of sex, and, you know, it's well known, you know, it's well documented that you're only sexually attracted to the same partner for 18 months to three years, there's a biological reason
2: for that. How long have you been married, Dawn? 32 years sorry <laughs> you see I mean you know sometimes there are other things in life though than just sexual attraction you know you can yes. be in love with somebody uh, and you can want to spend the rest of your life with them and, and maybe not necessarily always be you know champing at the bit it's to get them all, naked it's
1: not all about sex is it I mean you can just love somebody as well as you know and that helps surely she says nervously
3: you can absolutely love somebody of course you can love somebody but you know there's nothing wrong and it doesn't mean to say you don't love somebody if you want to have sex with somebody else because that's a natural instinct but we've been brought up to believe that you can only be with one person Society's led us into that belief and I I absolutely adamantly believe it goes against the biology of uh, how we've been designed and there's a lot of evidence supporting
2: that. Have you ever tried to convince
3: um, your desires that's down to
2: you. Have you ever tried to convince somebody that you're in love with or who loves you that it's alright for you to go and have sex with somebody else?
3: Absolutely. And I don't even need to convince them because obviously everything works both ways. And I think it's the truth of love is to love someone so unconditionally without, you know, let's face it, the reason why people don't do this is because of fear of losing them, jealousy, fear of not being as good as someone else. And if you actually look at the psychological reasons as to why people don't do this, it's all fear-based. But when we go oh, I, I do where we go for it it's around unconditional love, and no one can argue with
1: that Oh, Louise, I do disagree I don't think it's based on fear, the reason people are faithful to each other. I think it's based on love and respect, and you know it's it's not because you know I want to it's i don't want to because it's like you know I'd respect and love my partner enough to to be with them, and I don't want anybody else. Well, that's well,
3: fantastic. You're falling into 50% of the population that, that maybe that works for. But, you know, I, I see the tragedy when people, you know, and I, I don't agree with the lying and the cheating that goes on inevitably in a lot of situations. Yeah. It's a fact that's happening. So so, you're, ad- so it, you're
2: advocating basically sort of open relationships is what you're doing, aren't you?
3: I'm saying, you know, it's something to look at. Everybody's different, and I appreciate, you know, there's people who, you know, they get into a marriage and and want to just be with that person, and that's how it starts off, and make those promises. But you know, you only need to look at the statistics to see that down the line that can change for a lot of people. And all I'd say to people is just ask yourself the question, you know, what is right for you, and maybe begin to open your mind and release the fear, jealousy, inadequacy. Yeah. So you've
1: done it. You've done a lot of releasing that fear, haven't you, Louise? Because isn't it true that you have a a different bloke for every day of the week? Well, I
3: think that's quite exaggerated. I have, like, real integrity around relationships, believe it or not, Um, because I'm honest. um, Some of the relationships I've been in are very long term and uh, I'm just honest with them. They have their freedom. I have mine. It doesn't mean that we don't love each other or care about each other. As far as me, it's not a case of sleeping with lots and lots of men. That's not something. I've probably slept with, believe it or not, less people uh, than, than many other people out there. How
2: many people but have you slept with um, then? Tell us.
3: I'm not going to tell you. Why not? I'm not going to tell you. I thought you wanted this. to be
2: honest about it.
3: I am being honest. Well, but you're not telling me. Your listeners. I, I've probably slept with less people, and it's been documented that that's not the case, but I've probably slept with less people than a lot of um, your people, but the fact is I, I've done done them at the same time if you like
2: i beg your pardon um, (laughs) (laughs) it's a family show this you know know i don't want to hear about that sort of group sex activity but what about uh...
3: there's plenty of people who who would love to know about group sex and how to master it in their life and that's what i teach and and it is about releasing those blockages you know i'm I'm coaching more people than ever before
1: coaching them to do to do what exactly
3: So what I coach them on is how to sort of embrace like um, unconditional love and how to release the fears um, around sleeping with anyone else. Even sometimes, um, you know, sharing your fantasies together. I don't believe that's something some people should just dive into without addressing the emotions that can come up. But the people who I've worked with who then go on to, perhaps they do go and have, uh, you know, threesomes and, and fun in an honest way. And it actually builds the bond of the couple's. Um, because i mean i'll tell you what i mean listen anybody. louise I,
2: I don't disagree with anything you're saying right but i don't believe that you've had so many uh relationships with with many men without them being dishonest with their partners because i'm sure that not everybody shares your your view if they did the world would be a lot easier of a place to, to navigate wouldn't it when it comes to having sex with lots of different people but generally speaking you must have had relationships with men who didn't tell their partners that they were having sex with you yeah
3: well, absolutely, but that's, I'm not responsible for how other people choose to feel. I'm only responsible for myself and how I operate. So I operate with honesty. What other people do is up to them. So, that's a bit you know, of a cop-out,
2: I, though, isn't it? That's like saying, I can't choose who I fall in love with, but you're going to cause hurt to somebody else's family by going out with somebody or sleeping with somebody that you know is already attached.
3: If you choose to see it like that. However, well, that's how it I is. If choose to see it is they're going to do it anyway, aren't they? If go- it's not me causing anything. People are doing this everywhere people are having affairs and they're lying and they're cheating i see my uh, very much my role and my job how i live my life as well is about having honesty and integrity and accepting that you've got desires i'm sorry but if you get married to somebody and say i'll never you know have a desire for another person and it'll only be authorized for you then you're the one telling the lie because that's just not the truth
2: you're You're taking part in a lie which means that you're also culpable are you not
3: no, I, I strongly disagree with you because I live with integrity and honesty. No, you don't. I can understand what you're saying. Yes, I do. I am totally honest with anybody that I have a relationship with.
2: But you're not honest with their uh, partners, are you? You don't, you don't go around to their house mm, and say, I'm having that, an affair yeah, with your be, partner.
3: Uh, yeah, but it might be saving their marriage. You know, it might be keeping the family together in that instance. You know, right if they don't get that release and they they may go off and and absolutely want to leave them and not be with them so there's many ways of looking at this
2: there are many and, ways of looking and, at it most people yeah. are looking at it like this i've got a tweet here from dean who says how about the fear of breaking up the family and affecting the children this woman is just selfish needs to grow up and take, or take up knitting. <laughs>
3: take up knitting yeah well that is a good one take up knitting it I keeps you out of trouble." Happening i cannot <laughs> right well maybe that's what i should do is just uh have a very uh, quiet life and just take up knitting well having, having
1: seen the lovely pictures of you elise um you don't wear a lot of jumpers so knitting is probably gonna be a waste of time <laughs> isn't
2: it <laughs> no, do, you, do you think you'll ever get married louise
3: i was married wasn't i so i was married to an amazing doctor and had all that did all that like um being together raising our family and it was actually him that came to me and said, look, Louise, I'm thinking about sleeping with someone else. And we had such honesty that he told me that.
1: did you just and want to I smack had... him in the face?
3: Initially, yeah. I was just like, wow. You know, I was a relationship therapist, keeping families together. So, you know, I went through the personal transition of going, oh, my God. But who am I to tell another person who I love what they can and can't do? It's your that husband. is not true love. Well, I'll tell you what, he did it, and he lived an amazing life. We went on to have adventures, and little did I know, this handsome 38-year-old doctor would die in a tragic accident uh, two years after him doing that, which only confirmed what I believe, that you don't know how long you're on this planet, and you should make the most of your life, and you shouldn't suppress yourself.
2: And is that why you're doing what you're doing now, then, you reckon?
3: I, I absolutely. life for living, and I live. I will live by my own rules. We might be dead next week, as I've had a very, you know, tragic um, situation. Off, but I sit back now. It's many years ago, and I'm just so grateful that you know he probably didn't get to play around and have fun because he was busy studying for his um, doctorate. You know, he's been a doctor, so he had that time. And who was I to tell him not to? And little did we know he only had that two years left. So yeah. that's why I. You know, I coach people into optimising all areas of their life so they can live this lifestyle if they choose to.
2: They should get and you on uh, Love Island do it, shouldn't everybody. they?
3: Oh.
2: They should get you on Love yeah, Island, You'd cause absolute bad, absolute you cause absolute
3: havoc. I'm a bit old out for
1: that. <laughs> As there's a new there's a new older version of Love Island now, isn't there? The Shirley Valentine summer. Oh, so right, you could like go on, on
2: that there. That's know. quite a lot older <laughs> version of it though, isn't it? I'm not sure that she'd fit oh, into yeah. that one either. Well listen, well what's your plan so what's your plan for later, Louise? That's not, a, uh, that's not well, me asking you out, by the is way. Is
3: a line? Are you sure? Um, I will be out with uh, a partner who I've been for six years. Okay. Who is absolutely gorgeous and amazing. and he married? He's an empowerment speaker. No, but he's in a relationship okay. with somebody else. Excellent. And uh, we all get on very well.
2: Oh, and, so she uh, knows. So she
3: knows? Yeah, of course she knows. She oh. knows, yeah. And uh, she, you know, comes from the philosophy of allowing him to do whatever he wants. She does what she wants. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be having some fun later.
2: Okay. Mm. Well, enjoy uh, enjoy a frisky Friday. Yeah, have a good one. And uh, we'll I'll talk to you again uh, soon. Yeah, Thank just, you very much. Um,
3: leave my website for anybody who wants to uh, have a look at the work I do. So it's um, futureloveevent.com and forward
1: slash coaching for anybody who's a little bit scared but would like to embrace the lifestyle. Knitting Patterns Future love events.com
2: mm. There you go. let's we'll mm. check that out later. Mm. So, uh, you know, maybe you could go out later on with somebody else if you want, or, you know, I've... I could do that. I'll be working, unfortunately, later. Uh, yeah, so goes... my, my Frisky Friday will be somewhat limited, um, only to whoever happens to be in the office at about 10 o'clock tonight. Uh, anyone? I don't no, think anybody right. yeah, worth yeah, yeah. Uh, having a fling with will be here at 10 o'clock tonight. <laughs> Certainly not Mike Parry.
1: Oh God! I'm going to have a Frisky Friday with my own husband. If that's okay with everybody, thank you. Well, not if
2: he knows Louise, because I mean, apparently you guys could have an open relationship. You could send him out with her. That was You could stay home and have a night in with the girls. I'll 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 do some knitting. Yeah, I'll do some knitting. Uh huh. It's bizarre, isn't it? That would
1: improve my relationship, evidently. Apparently. Yeah. He would be needing NHS treatment very soon.
2: (laughs) But that is the thing, isn't it? I mean, listen, if everybody was like Louise and everybody didn't have any feelings and everybody could have as much sex with as many people as possible, I'm sure that that would be great. But actually, it would probably be quite boring as well. Yeah,
1: I think so. I think it would be boring and I think it's sad. I I, I do think it's sad. And I think it makes people very lonely Mm. if it's all about sex.
2: I don't know anyone who's ever had a kind of adventurous, what you might call, and I'm talking about people I've covered on stories, I'm talking about people I've interviewed, not one of them has ever ended up happy.
1: Doesn't end up happy, does it? It always no. ends
2: up kind of slightly sad and pathetic. Well,
1: she, I don't know, she didn't sound that, happy i'm sure she'll phone up and say she is but there, there's something missing there i think
2: yeah very possibly so we'll take your calls on this if you wish oh three four 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 nine nine one a thousand is of course the number uh is the independent republic of mike graham it is talk radio we've got the perry awards coming up soon and there's no infidelity there mm-hmm. talk radio 24-hour radio debate and entertainment talk radio we'll get you talking
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: So I think we've got Leroy in Southampton uh, on the phone. Hello, Leroy. Uh,
4: hi, guys. Good afternoon. How Good I'm
2: afternoon. Fine. What would you like to tell us, Leroy? You don't I mean, know I'm Louise, just, just, do you? I, I do not know Louise. No, not at all. Not personally. It's the first time I've ever heard of her. But, uh,
4: Obviously listening to her speak, I was I was kind of taken back about some of the things that are being said. And I suppose just the justification, I mean, from my perspective, I've been with the wife now for coming up to nine years. Yay. I love her more and find her attractive today more than I ever had. I would never ever drift or even think of looking elsewhere. And I think if that is missing in a relationship, you kinda of need to reevaluate the relationship. It's about so much more than that anyway. You know, she's my best friend, she's my companion, she's my teammate. And I would never, ever look elsewhere. But on top of that, you know, just to be honest and say, oh, well, you've got to be honest, that's not a victimless crime. I mean, she would be crushed if I went to her and said something like that. And I would be if she said it to me, you know? Of it would make me feel worthless. It would make me feel degraded. I would, I would just be crushed. Yeah. And I don't think by just saying, be honest, it's a victimless crime. You know, someone is still going to be very,
2: very hurt to go to to her and speak to her like that, it it would just crush her inside. Oh, I love you, Leroy.
1: You're brilliant.
2: No, I think that's the point, and and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, there are people, and some of them are women, some of them are men, no doubt, who think, oh, well, it's not my fault if you're attached and you don't tell your partner what you're up to. You know, of course it's your fault. How can you you not be responsible for that?
4: Exactly, and like I say, if you really do feel like you need to look elsewhere, I think something fundamentally is wrong or missing in the relationship. And you really need to evaluate it. It's not okay to just think, well, in a way, I'm going to have my cake and eat it. I'll have the wife at home who's taking care of everything and looking after me and loving me and caring about me, but I'm going to look elsewhere to have a bit of fun. So you sit and talk about and it. You don't can't,
1: just go and do it. You know.
2: No, you're absolutely no, right. It, exactly. So, so you're I not you going to be taking to part. Well, well, maybe you can <laughs> take part in Frisky Friday just in a different way. Just with her.
4: With your wife. Well... I will be with the wife this, this evening, and that is definitely the plan. Aww. So I won't be taking any any other frisky Friday at all. <laughs> but one last thing is yeah. the nature debate. I mean, there are things in nature that do make for life as well. True. You can't just say, oh, well, fundamentally part of nature, you know, we're animals, we're supposed to have multiple partners. There are other
2: animals that do make for life. So yeah, swans, I think. Swans. Swans do, and I think also elephants as well. Yep. Elephants have a family unit scenario, mm-hmm. don't they? Mm-hmm dogs yeah, know exactly i'm afraid but listen leroy thank you very much indeed oh
1: have a lovely weekend isn't that
2: nice now i mean we've all been in well i mean i've been in a hot air balloon and if you i quite like being in a hot air balloon it's a nice way to travel but this would be inside wouldn't it not not outside
5: yes i've been in a hot air balloon actually only once but it was a bit uh really enjoyable but yeah. um, a little bit scary mm. um but i think we're kind of this is what we're all hoping for isn't it we're thinking rapid rise in aviation technology is needed. We haven't had anything really, you know, Concord went kind of flat and obviously was taken off uh, the the commercial market or the market completely. Um, And I'm actually not, wasn't that familiar with the word blimp until the whole um, Hmm. Donald Trump balloon last week. I don't know if I've just suddenly missed out on this term. Um, I think it's an American, I think
2: it's an American word. That's probably why.
5: Yes, it is. And I think it is. It's not our sort of word, is it? And it's something that's actually been used since World War One. So I was a little bit behind on it. But it's not. Um, we all have images of the Hindenburg when you think hot. Um, you know, one of these. Which is the unfortunate, isn't it? Because
2: that's that's not going to help the marketing <laughs> of this thing.
5: No. I don't think they're going to have it on the marketing materials. To be true, but um, that's what we all see. But it's he- it's helium, not hydrogen. So helium is not flammable. So that's the big difference. But there has been a couple of accidents when they've been sort of trialling this out. Right. But they think that it soon might be ready for the market. And it's called the airline 10, like you said. It's part plane, part airship. And you can have up to 18 people. And basically, if you see the pictures of it, it looks like a beautiful luxury yacht. Not just for commercial travel, although it sounds like it'd be great fun, but also because you don't need an airport, it can, it can take off and sort of land anywhere. So it mm. might be quite useful for sort of rescue missions, um, surveillance, you know, anything that might involve going to a, a remote area, um, as well as this commercial sort of luxury yacht in the skies idea, which sounds
2: kind of cool. And what about the idea of um of some of it being you know, there's talk of some of them having sort of glass bottoms if you like which is kind of scary I think for a lot of people if you're up because I presume they fly quite high um I'm not sure I'd want it to have a completely sort of see-through base so that you could see the ground
5: I think the idea of going up in one is quite terrifying to many of us but Hopefully, um, unlike, you know, like you say, the Hindenburg, hopefully by the time they're getting people up there commercially, they'll have these sort of things ironed out. I don't fancy a glass bottom on I think it'd be terrifying enough looking around the surroundings. But one of the beauties about these things is that you can go to remote areas, you would have like the most incredible access and the most incredible views. And I know a lot of people um, would be looking forward to, to this sort of thing. How much it would cost, uh, that's another thing. I think it's 25 billion or something that they're spending on making it. It's right. a lot of money. So I imagine it's not going to be a, a cheap option. It's not going to be but your average family time holiday, time is it? I don't think so, no. It's certainly not 18 of my family are probably not going uh, <laughs> up in it. But, um, I mean, the other, know, it me.
2: the other thing that terrifies me, uh, Dawn, is the idea that you go on holiday with that many people. Because I mean, I would no. not want to be in an enclosed space with that many. That people. many
1: people that you actually like, or you won't like them by the end of the holiday. Well, That's I think the you shot. would, would you? But it's got the altitude bar is a bit that I like, which is the ultimate bar with which you you can see all the way around you, and you say you've got a glass bottom, yeah. and you've got uh, that sounds brilliant. It sounds, it br- sounds you know, hard, what? Hard. And you know what? that sounds
2: like fun for about a, an afternoon. You know, that sounds like a cocktail party, to yeah. me rather than an actual holiday. Yeah, because I think you'd soon get tired of waking up in the middle of the night, you know, to go to the toilet and step off the bed and go, oh, what's that? <laughs>
1: well, it's going to be like a floating... I mean, I'm assuming when you go on a tour on this thing, it's like a cruise, so you get yeah. off and on places rather than yeah, just yeah. being on it for any length of time. Maybe, yeah. Because that's going to go stir-crazy, isn't mm. it? You will be wanting to pop it then just so you can land somewhere. And helium is yeah, the stuff no, that... Helium is no the stuff you inhale, like, isn't it? it?
5: Yeah, sorry. There's no details about itinerary at the moment, but I imagine you'd want to get off, wouldn't you? You wouldn't want to get yeah, there with 18 people and just one crew member, which... To me, it's actually a little bit scary. Just you know one crew confident. member? Yeah, what if, they, what if they pass out or, you know, knock themselves out in the bar <laughs> or get drunk, which hopefully oh they won't God. be doing.
2: Presumably there's a pilot, though, as well, isn't there?
5: Well, it says one crew member, so I don't know whether that crew member well, is the pilot or hmm. he does everything, comes out and serves the drinks. Yeah, I'm guessing that there'll be what, a pilot I'll I'm say, thinking now one of those airplane-style blow-up pilots might be quite. Um, <laughs> quite comforting
4: to right, have to yeah.
5: the Back on Trump again, and
1: the blimp. <laughs> yeah, exactly right.
2: No, I mean, <laughs> listen. It, it's, it's the other problem, I suppose, is we because we've all got this kind of vision in our heads. Of, well, I have anyway of drones. Uh, becoming so popular in terms of delivering things to people's houses and in terms of being used for all mm. sorts of different things, that, the, 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 that you walk out one day in the street and there'll be drones everywhere, mm. right? I mean, presumably they'll have to be careful that there are not too many of these things floating around uh, in the skies above us.
5: Yeah, I don't know how they're going to regulate that because last week people were talking, and this isn't a, a complete sci-fi um Thing. They're talking about like Uber, like taxis in the right. skies and electrical vehicles in the skies. I don't know. It's that futuristic vision that we've seen in movies yeah. or various... On the fifth element. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's, it's almost, in a in a way, it is almost upon us or in the near future. And how they are going to navigate that? They're not going to have a dirty, great big air traffic control tower regulating all your your drones and your flying taxis and your airships and everything. So how they will regulate that, I have no idea. I mean,
2: it's not as if if the air traffic control tower at Heathrow's got got any sort of time in the day for a bit of spare, you know, balloon uh, navigation. (laughs)
1: And Uber in the sky is a scary prospect. I got an Uber the other day to Kings Cross, oh, yeah. and he seriously had no idea where Kings Cross was. Oh God! Sort of a train station in North London. Sort yeah. of quite big. So mm. if this is Uber in the sky, we're in trouble.
2: We're in a lot of trouble because there's no, you know, no where we're going. There are no roads. What was that? The line from Back to the Future 2, mm. I think it was. But I mean, it is. I mean, it's a fascinating idea, and I, I think it's a kind of. Sort of thing that you could do. I mean, maybe go to Disneyland and in Disneyland you go up in a balloon. Yeah, that kind of thing. That's
1: fine, yeah. That would that's be all fine, right. yeah, but... Or you
2: go to the Grand Canyon and you take one of these things and you, Ooh, that'd be good. you go over the other. You Grand know, stuff Canyon like that. See, I'm brilliant. good at this stuff. Yeah, I'm very know, good at these like... ideas. Lisa keeps promising to get me on her, on her podcast, but she keeps failing <laughs> to do so. I know. I do. I do. I'm in Spain for six weeks now. When
5: I'm back, you're my first date we must make breakfast. okay alright well thank you for that did you get your
2: hair done this morning I saw you tweeting I out really you're getting your hair, hair done,
5: done yeah. well done I haven't tweeted anything about my breakfast but I tweeted about I've got a nice hairstyle now the trouble is I can't go to the swimming pool for the rest of the is day so. ready for your
1: frisky Friday Lisa steady oh, you
5: know what I think I'm just staying in with my two boys <laughs> at five and three so well no, that's the other thing you have, you really
2: have children you haven't them. got any energy for that sort of behaviour yeah exactly absolutely <laughs> shocking <laughs> stuff Lisa thank you very much indeed uh, Lisa Nand there The 2018 Perrier Awards on Talk Radio.
1: Hello and welcome to the Perrier Awards, hosted for the first time by myself, Dawn Neeson, on my very first Frisky Friday (laughs) with Mike. Uh, Katie Perrier has left me the keys to the award cabinet and I've been trusted by her to dish out the awards to our favourite moments from the so-called independent... Not independent, I'm here. Independent so Republic of Mike Graham. They say
2: that every week. Uh, so come
1: on. Uh, so let's so see who's the lucky winners are this week. Our first Perrier this week is the Dunce Award. How very appropriate. And na- that naturally goes to ooh, Mike Graham for this <laughs> magical moment. Please. Do you
2: know French for aubergine apparently is in fact aubergine?
1: I told
5: you.
2: There you go. But it's spelled slightly differently. Uh, it's spelled O-U-B-E-R-G-I-N-E. That is how we spell it. No, we don't spell it like that. Oh yeah, we do. <laughs> I've got mad. That's one
5: for the perriers.
3: <laughs> those, who knew? Those Frenchies who spell yeah, aubergine wrong. they spelled
2: it wrong. <laughs> it looked different somehow.
1: Aubergine.
3: Because it was
2: surrounded by a load of other French words. I can't explain why I thought it was a different spelling.
1: Mm, it's, it's a tricky one, It's isn't the pressure it? of yeah, live radio. Too, too yeah, too many pesky vowels in yeah. that particular word. Mm. OK, and the next period then is for the best background noise during a call, I dread to think. And that goes to Dr Ken Collins, a shark expert from the University of Southampton, for this.
2: No, because they, because they are so, so rare. Right. Yeah, you know, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I don't... There's not a I shark alarm doubt, going don't off don't, in the background. I don't <laughs> <laughs> it was a very odd ring, wasn't it? What was
1: it? Was it a... I think it was
2: a phone ringing sound. Yeah,
1: but not a pacemaker or something like that. No, like, like a that. sort no.
2: of Victorian phone ringing right. sound. Right, yeah, no one
1: hears those these days. No. Right, OK. I, the sharks. I love the sharks. That was a good one. Right, OK. Um, and that's not only award for Dr. Ken is picking up today. He also wins this week's award for the longest pontification. I mean,
5: obviously, a lot of countries are trying to do something about that. Who are the worst perpetrators of that?
2: Um, it's sort of shark. <laughs> He was great, the prof, oh, the shark him. prof. We've got to get him back on. I did Do you know, also, since we spoke to him, right, when he said there's going to be no more sharks coming to these, sh- these shores, they're all getting killed off and they're going to be extinct, there's been three shark attacks yes, since then. That's true, yeah. Just this so, week alone. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that shows you what he just, knows. Just
1: to back you up, hey. Right, and that interview turned out to be very fruitful, evidently, mm. for this week's Perrier Awards. Mike also managed to scoop the gong for the best attempt at trying to award featuring in the Perrier Awards.
2: I've seen, I've seen a basking shark off the coast of Lundy Island. Yeah. You know, which was about, I don't know, four wow. or five feet long. It's quite cool. It, was, it looked exactly like a, you know, well, of course.